Lifelong Life Coach Podcast, where we showcase journey and shine light on principles to elevate life. Today, I'm joined in the podcast studio by Derek Daniel Fajardo, author of ABCs of Thriving in Marriage and founder of Strong Life Coach. Derek, welcome to the show. Ramiro, thank you for hosting another session together. I'm excited to be able to connect with you. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? I think the last one we did, maybe two months ago. Yeah, by quick. So I, I'm pumped up. You, you, you did a fantastic job on that first Thank one, you, which is why we have you back for some more. Awesome. <laughs> yes, I'm so blessed to be here. I'm pumped. Thank you so much. Um, so the chapter we're going to be discussing today is Anchor Above All Others. Um, the main uh, quote from this chapter is, may your wife be your lily among thorns. May your husband be your apple tree among tumbleweeds. And that game you guys were playing, that celebrity uh, newlywed game, and mm -hmm. you wanted to yours to be uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. That's right. Your wife chose correctly. <laughs> Jabroni. <laughs> Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? And you know, with, with that one, and, and she didn't choose that on her own. I'm pretty okay. sure I fed that to her mm -hmm. along the way. So she knows now, didn't know before. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I am doing the bald head right now, and The Rock is doing the bald head. So we, we at least right. have that feature in common. I think uh, my, my celebrity that will play me is probably like a Joe Rogan. Okay. But it'd be like rated R for ridiculous. <laughs> anyways, anyways, anyways. Um, but like going here, you said a, a key thing on that main paragraph. I, I really resonated to me. Um, it said no competition is required when you prioritize your spouse above other people. I like that, man. Can you break that down further? Right, right, right. Competition. So, and and I think when we when I think about competition, I think about a scoreboard. And when I think about a scoreboard, you know, you're comparing the scores of two teams, you know, and when I think about how the, the vision of a spouse against everybody else, a spouse against the other family members, or the spouse against coworkers, or the spouse against hobbies, to me, it, it should never be where there's a close score. And I'm not saying those people are against you. Clearly, most of us understand that our, that our, that kids, that brothers and sisters that parents they're not necessarily against you right but if you just simply compare them to one another if there's a close score between how much you value or prioritize your spouse and then how you prioritize everybody else um, if there's a close score between the two there's going to be problems and mm. personally i just believe that, that if there's a if there's a hierarchy of priorities that priority one is spouse. Mm, mm. I think that's, that's, that's always the, the, the balancing act of while well, you're on a unicycle and you're juggling torches and chainsaws and eventually some of those things kind of let go. You can't do it all. And then you go back to, okay, what's more important here, making those tough decisions. And I think, for anybody, I mean, even making time for your own family is hard too, because you gotta take, you, you focus on your purpose, focus on your grind, focus on doing what you need to be doing, and at the same time, making sure that nobody gets hurt. And sometimes you can't do it all, be Superman, you know? And, and sometimes you gotta take care of your needs as well as your spouse's needs as well, am I correct? The partnership? Sure, sure. 
when I when I think about what you just described was taking care of needs. And sometimes, and, I, and, I, and you, you probably heard some of these stories where the biggest priority at times can be the kids' extracurricular activity. Mm, yeah. Yet what can sometimes be put on the back burner is the time to connect with your spouse on date night. You know, um, and I, I, of course, everybody's situation is going to be a little bit different. But what we aim for is our date night is uh, once a week. Now, we might not just do something extravagant, especially during the right. pandemic. <laughs> but we strive to set apart um, that time to have extended amount of time with just one another or with another couple to have like a, 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 uh, a double date dynamic. Well, I think that's that's interesting. Of even this, from the smallest to the to the biggest things, as much as long as you guys are taking taking the time to hang out with each other and prioritize that. So you guys make an effort at least once a week, at least try to strive to spend time with each other and and connect and hang out and do stuff together. Right, and, and that in that I would call a date or a double date um, or a an exclusive time together because even though we don't have kids. There's still a number of things that are pulling for our attention, that are pulling right. for our time, that are pulling for our energy. And so the date would be something where it's hour, two or three or four hours together in, in one setting is, is the way I kind of look at that date, as well as we have time throughout the week. But depending on my on my wife and I, whether it's our schedules, we try to spend like connect every single day. But the amount of time, like we're not, we're not one of those couples who are connecting for three hours a day. Um, we're, we're, we probably don't even get a full hour, mm. but, we, we, but the time we do spend, we, we, we strive for it to be con- daily and consistent in quality, um, even if it's- Intentional. Right, Deliberate. whether it's 15, 20 minutes some days, um, some days it's, it's an hour, it's an hour, an hour and a half, but, but I, I, I'm not going to sit up here and say every single day we spend two hours together or three hours together. Um, especially some people know my wife, um, uh, one of her battles is, uh, she, she battles with chronic fatigue. Mm. So her journey of, uh, facing that on an ongoing basis and then what she does as a nurse, often she gets home and she's, she's wiped out. She's drank. Yeah. I can imagine. Wow, I, I think in, in all what you just said, I think um, just even then, like I, I think about just the regular day to day, I think we have your life, your life, she has your job, and then you have your job, you have your life, and you have your other things that pull you apart, but being able to come together, because it's almost like how you guys are basically, you're a couple, you guys are married, and but you guys have other things going at one multiple times and simultaneously going on, and I think being able to like take a pause and take time for each other really helps you guys develop your guys' communication mm-hmm. and making sure that, cause I know I heard um, other couples, what they do is they use a, a journal on one page to talk about what they're going through. And the other person writes in their journal and they take turns switching the journal in and out throughout the week. Sometimes they can't keep up. Cause sometimes a text, a phone call is suffice, but being able to read all your thoughts on a, on a page in a journal to journal that really helps the people kind of make it more intimate, more, I guess in a way more, more sacred to be able to share that 
that journal and write, you know, things about each other on different things. And I guess write love letters, I guess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm still learning this thing. But anyway, <laughs> uh, moving right along. No, no um, well, I, I like what you're saying there with just that time in the in the journal of um, of that. We, we, we did that early, like when we were boyfriend and girlfriend. You know, we tried that. We didn't get very far. Like we probably got like a couple of pages <laughs> in. And then we said, hey, uh, maybe we'll come back to this later. But we have some of that, 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 that journal completed from when we tried that out. I need to try that. I never done that before. I mean, I've done letters before, you know, the same old, you know, the bachelor, you know, being a cavalier gallant, you know, being, being trying to court, you know, you try to, you know, flex your, your, your flex, your, your temple, your brain, your pencil, your quill. Um, yes, yeah, let's move right along to the next thing I want to talk about. Um, when you, so you talk about more about uh, having, uh, focusing on building up your, your spouse and always talking about good things about your spouse. And then when you go to uh, events or when you have get together with your coworkers or areas like that, you, people know, knowing you, you're notorious for talking, bragging about how awesome your wife is. And tell me more about that. Like, I know that some people make fun of people or like, oh, here he comes again, talks about his wife again. Come on, man. Can you talk about something else or make them feel bad? Because they ain't sick. You need to be loving your wife, your husband, and, mm. you know, like a mirror. Like, hey, tell us more about that. Right. And I'm glad you pointed out that that dynamic, because in my own experience, you tell me what your experience was like. But with coworkers, I was more likely to hear a bad story about their spouse mm -hmm. than a good story. And then that can become. A, a culture that could become influential in your journey if oh Toxic. oh we're all we're, we're all bad mouthing our spouses together you know and and the, the opposite of that when i would ask when i'll be asked to give a speech or if i'm asked to give and most of the time it was a speech or if i'm having interactions even with small groups in, in the corporate setting i would find a way to bring up my marriage and something that she taught me, I learned from her, or something, something about our connection. But I just want, I, I, I want marriage to be honored. And there's, there, and, and, and if, if, if it's only me striving to be an example of somebody who's passionately in love with his wife, then I want to be that example. Um, mm -hmm. I, don't, I clearly don't want to be the opposite where I don't want to be bad mouthing her. I also, I don't want to be neutral where, wait, does he have a wife? But I want to be somebody when my wife comes around, um, they've heard stories and they've heard good stories. And even I, I've seen her get built up from other people giving the secondhand story of what I've told them um, over and over again. That's always good. I think talk about how honor them in absence. And I think some people like a couple they. They they forget their their value in the relationship. Like they they sometimes they're so caught up in the hustle bustle day to day life. And when you have someone else out of nowhere comes saying, you know what, your husband talks so many great things about you. And sometimes you feel like not that you don't appreciate them because you know you do, but it's almost when you hear it from someone else, it gives you a different perspective on things, like a fresh a breath of fresh air. Like you're not the only one, you know, in, in, um, going through this uh, relationship together, working at it and and, and day to day. I think. Thing that's good and also in a way called you accountable like man he talked about all those good things about me I make sure i'm living them out every day it does it it, it does it, it gives people i think the the expert of people development he was one of the early pioneers dale carnegie he described this concept you give 
people a reputation to live up to. So you talk about how amazing they are and you let them live up to that reputation. Mm. Again, as opposed to the opposite of like, oh, well, um, you're the worst wife in the world. And then, you know, really, uh, really giving them a reputation to live down to, you know, wow. no, but, you know, give you a reputation to live up to. Right. Um, it, it was his concept of the way he would talk. He, he, he encouraged people to talk to others in such a positive way where you're motivated to live up to this uplifting, wholesome reputation. And, and I think with that, like that, if it's negative and it's toxic, it, it doesn't bring out the goodness of people. It brings out the bad. And like how you said, you want to be an influence and inspire people to do the same in their marriage. And I think you're like a conduit, which is great because I feel like very people don't talk about how great their, their marriages and how you live in the example out and it's not easy it's, it's tough it's, it's it's rough you get some good days you get some bad days but i think being able to like you said the culture to constantly be the positive light that's why i call you the bright knight <laughs> um but like yeah you know it, it, it's interesting this this idea of um I, I read this, it, it's a, he's a self-esteem expert, his name is Nathaniel Brandon. And he mm -hmm. talks about this notion, even with raising kids. Well, again, I'm not a parent, but, but what he said was fascinating to me. I think you'd, you'd appreciate it too. He said, no child has ever been motivated to behave in a positive way by being told that they're bad. Mm. No, no, you're a bad kid. You're a bad child. You're a bad son. You're a bad daughter. No child has ever gone, oh, now I'm really motivated to behave in a good, positive, wholesome manner. But it's usually the opposite. You know, you give somebody a bad reputation, you're not helping them long term to become a better person. <laughs> and, and that's so simple, but it's so effective how that the words, how, your energy, like I think even like when you're teasing, I think your significant other or your friends or your family members, even teasing can also be very... Uh, detrimental to their to their mental state of mind you know when you put little jabs your little jabs there and you sprinkle a little negativity it doesn't really help them out it doesn't really build them up and i think you got to constantly be positive and, and not um always building people on affirming them and celebrating them and and i think well, i was told this too like if you tease about somebody tease them about how good they are their greatness mm. you know about little things you know what you're just so awesome you know can, can you do me a favor can you stop being so adorable you know I mean, <laughs> seriously, can you do me a favor and stop being so awesome man like you, you just always come together with a good heart they want to serve me i appreciate you or you you appreciate her and I, I think being able to just be able to uh, uh to compliment people and make them feel good because you know they're saying like my angelou not how you make them feel or not how what, what you say what you do is how you make them feel and i think mm -hmm. that always resonates on people's hearts and and minds and and also, that's like you say, going back to the culture of your work, I think it's, it's, it's contagious when you complain and when you and it's bad juju overall. I mean, you, nothing good comes out of it. It's very toxic if you think about it. And it wears you down. And it overall, you, you don't put out you're not a, a beacon of, of light and, and, and life when that happens. And I think that that happens, too, because I know um, sometimes I guess the reaction, the, the, other, the other reaction is to go and complain, and complain, and complain. And then you go to your girlfriend's, oh, my God, my husband, blah, 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 or my wife, blah, blah, like, come on, dude. <laughs> How you got to keep it in the marriage, man. Keep your business, your problems in there. Don't tell nobody. It's nobody else's business. Anyways. Mm -hmm. Spot on, brother. All right. So then let's go to the next um, piece of it. Um, let's go talk about how uh, dealing with the, your spouse's um, insecurities in the regards of 
your uplifting words. Like when you talk about people and their options, great things, and the reputation is constantly being, um, uh, I wouldn't say inflated, but I would say energized and increased more. How do you, how would you handle, how do you handle people that have are introvert, extrovert? Oh, I don't preach, you're embarrassing me. Or, I don't feel uncomfortable about this. Or, how do you feel, uh, you know, how, how, how would you mitigate that? Because I know that some people, like I know some people are introverts. I'm not, and I don't know, I guess opposites attract. So there's always, a, usually, not all the time, but there's really one person, that couple, that's introvert, another person, extrovert. Some people are low keys, want to have good days. Some people are like all over the place, like a, like a squirrel, 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 like a dog, like everywhere, always distracted. Because I know I'm a dog by nature. Like I'm, I'm looking at the squirrel, looking at the, the, the dogs, the mailman, the everything, the vacuum cleaner barking. But then you get people <laughs> that are more cats and just chill and lick themselves and, you know, purr and, you know, they just low key and calm. So how, how would you, how would you, how, how would you, what's the best effective way to do that where people are comfortable and people get the needs met? Sure. Now I'm going to skip all the way ahead into the, I think this is the, the, the S chap. No, 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 this must be the T chap, the triumph with your, your partner's success path, but I'm going to, I'm going to give a little teaser. Ooh. I know we have, we have about whatever, 17 episodes to get to that, that chapter, but to give a little <laughs> teaser from that chapter, but it's, it's this concept you, you think about, and you tailor the, the approach to your spouse. I call it, you, 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 you become in tune with their success path. In other words, what will help you be successful with them specifically, not giving them a cookie cutter approach of, oh, well, this worked for so-and-so. Yeah. Well, so, so-and-so's wife might like public praise and admiration. Now, this, my, you know, in, in this marriage, I don't value the extra attention that I get by you praising me in front of a hundred or 200 people. Now. So when I, so the idea of looking at somebody's success path, it, it, it is, I talk about this idea of like a, an owner's manual. Like every one of us has like an owner's manual. What's the best way that we operate as a human being, whether that's some people talk about love languages, apology mm-hmm. languages, how to resolve conflict with a person like me, how to build up somebody like me, how to love, you know, all, all of these things, you know, you look at the personality, you can look at strengths, all these things, but figuring out not so much what, what works for me and my wife, but figuring out what works for you in your, in your marriage, what, what helps you to be your best. And I think naturally I wrote a whole book on, on, Hey, what I think works, what has worked for me and other couples around me to be successful. And within those principles, there's a lot of variety in, in, in ways that you can add your own flavor to make it work for you um, and really to, to be in tune with what your, your wife appreciates, your wife, your spouse appreciates more um, for them individually. And I think that's, I think, I think my nature, human nature is we do the things that we want to happen to us. Like, Sometimes we get locked up in like loving all love language. So we love the way we want to be loved, but not love them the way they, they want to be loved. Our spouse, our significant mm-hmm. other wants to be loved. And I think it's, it's a trap. And I feel like some of us have that. I think it's a human nature in all of us. Like we want to fall into our own patterns. Like, no, no, no sometimes they don't like that. They don't like that. You like that, but they don't like that. And you got to respect that. You know what I'm saying? And that's right, right, right. Right. I, I know that, that speaks to the whole, the, the love languages and, I think when I was asking my wife about hers, I'm, I was like, please let hers be words. Please let her be words of affirmation. <laughs> like, it's so, so natural. You know, I love praising people, building, yeah, people building up, up. Yeah. writing, texting. Yeah. I, I, I just try to be in this constant state of 
praising, admiring, adoring people. So when I'm like, please be at words of affirmation, but then she tells me acts of service. Mm. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> yeah. So the idea of making a bed, washing the dishes, doing the laundry, I put it on, on, on Facebook after I you know became the author. I was, I was making a, like, so a running joke about the chores I still do around the house even as an author or as a CEO of my small little business. There you go. And hey, well, I'm still, I still mow the yard. I still wash dishes. Mm. I still do laundry. I still vacuum. There you know, you I still make the bed. You know, there's a number of things I still do. And truthfully, because it's my wife's love language, even if I, if I became a billionaire tomorrow, I'm not sure I would stop doing those things and, and hire them out. Because there's something my wife appreciates mm. more than anything. That's what they say. Actions speak louder than words. You know, mm. this this that's profound. All right, I have a question I was going to ask you. Um, uh, basically, in the regards to um, as we mature in our relationships, and the more people see our status as, as married and that we're taken, um, how do you deal with people, and how do you set up boundaries when when in a friendly, in a friendly way. Like in other words, how do you set up boundaries with platonic and professional relationships, and let sure. people know out of respect, you know, I'm married, I'm taken, and not make it awkward or weird, but out of respect for your spouse and set up boundaries. Because I know sometimes people take being people being friendly is being them being flirty, and some people take it the wrong way, or you compliment someone because unfortunately. Um, there's people out there that are very desperate for compliments. And then when you compliment them, they take it the wrong way. And they think that you're crushing on them, you liking them. In reality, we're just being polite and being sweet and kind and building somebody up. And some people misconstrue what you said and take it to the other extreme. So tell me, how, how, do, you, how, how do you mitigate? How do you manage that? How do you set up boundaries? This is a, this is a great question. I'm going to tell a story here from in, when, I, when, when I was in my, uh, my mid-20s and, and there's the first... Uh, leadership position I was going into they wanted us to be like trained up like from an HR perspective to be ready to be in that that role um, and I remember we went to the training and we were talking about this idea of like what's appropriate praise and I was I was the guy in the room say can you say I love you you know can you say I love you to your team and they're like no you can't Dang. again in this environment you can't and, like you might be able to get away with it in a group setting saying hey I love y'all but like one-on-one saying I love you is just the wrong thing to do. But, <laughs> but, but you think about that for a moment, like even they talked about this idea of saying that shirt, oh, um, that shirt looks nice. That's actually, that's appropriate. Now think about this next one. Um, that shirt looks nice on you. Whoa. <laughs> hey. Right? Like hey. The, you, you add the on you and all of a sudden it's like speaking about figure potentially yeah, or shape, body, or yeah. shape or whatever, you know, it looks yeah. nice you know, sitting on you, you know, so you, so for me, I get back to the boundaries in figuring out, you know, what's clear. Um, like when it comes to like physical, like if I'm in a big group, I'll ask everybody to tell, tell the person next to them that they're beautiful. Say, you know, you are beautiful. But when it comes to one-on-one, -on -one, um, I won't tell a person one-on-one, -on -one, you are beautiful. Uh, uh, you know, I won't tell a woman that. Um, 
I'll say, you know, w- women are beautiful. Everybody's beautiful. But right, then, like, right, right. that one-on-one, or let's say, say if, a, if, a, if a woman is wearing a shirt and has a message, you know, across um, uh, her chest, then I'm like, hey, that's not, I'm not going to comment on and anything about right. the message, you know, in, in that space. Right. Um, but for me, it, it really flows back to what you we were just speaking of. When I'm insistent on exalting and keeping my wife above all other people, mm-hmm. then it becomes clear that any good thing I have to say about you is about you as my sister. And, right. and, I'll, and I'll, I'll use that word sister again they don't have to be a person of color but i'm it could right, be right, right. any any race i'll refer right. to them as, as a sister and i'll refer to myself as their brother right I'll, 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 and i'll say let me tell you something as your brother or mm. or it's good to see you my sister you know whatever but but <laughs> that good. that does something for my psyche and seeing people more right as my family as opposed to a potential partner wow and i, I think that's takes a lot of uh, self-awareness to see that way and to shut things down. Because I know that some people, it's nothing wrong if I just say this, say that, and you start thinking that mentality, but things, you become more relaxed and you become more comfortable and you start doing things that you normally never do. Your boundaries are, are, can be crossed. And you being able to see like that shuts things down immediately. And I think also when you talk about having me to be, you know, uh, flirt with your wife, or, but when you speak to the men, and I feel like for guys, it's hard to keep our eyes on our wife. You know, we have like this, like a we have that dog brain. We just wanna <laughs> all over the place looking at squirrels, like oh, looking at these things. And I know for me, when I was working in construction, I, I had a coworker, and we would have lunch together, and he would always be staring at all these women everywhere we went. It was like his eye would explode, and I was like, bro, I, I didn't really think about it but in back of my mind, I'm thinking I didn't tell him anything but I just think of my something not right in that picture man when you are always looking at other women the way you, you look at that but do you look at your wife like that and I feel like it's, it's kind of sad though because I don't know how things are, ha- are ha- for him intimacy but it's more so of him having the integrity and the heart to not want to look you know what I'm saying I know it's human nature to kind of have a glance here and there nothing wrong you just you just turn your head you just walk in the door but when you start staring person down it almost shows your heart and where you're at and it kind of hurt me because I felt like, you know, when you see someone and who's married and having those tendencies to do those things, it, it almost hurtful, like to kind of see, oh, man, like I, I, I wish him all the best. Hope things he can work it out with his wife. But it's kind of hurt. It hurt me inside. Like, wow, man, that's that's not cool. That's not, I don't think that's very healthy to be in that situation. And I think um, with 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 people, um, it's like this. I, I try to tell people that you play with fire, you get burned. And I think about how you entertain thoughts and then they become things. And if you put yourself in a position where you're vulnerable and then things escalate to the next thing, um, that's why I always say about how never sacrifice your queen for a pawn. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I feel like how you can basically entertain certain things to happen and then things escalate. And then, like I said, in like you, you have 80, you have already have 80 and you're trying to chase that 20 to match a hundred with hundreds of perfect, you're never going to get it. And then you end up losing everything that 80 to chase after that 20 and then things will work out. So it's like, was it really worth it? Even though you're, pl- you're flirting with death, it's almost like, is it really worth the compromise what you have? And it's hard to replace what you have because what you have is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, uh, that's also a slippery slope 
for a lot of men, yes. and not just for men, but also for women too. When they have issues with their with their man, they they start lamenting and complaining about their problems to other men, and some things escalate from there. And I think, and it's like in the the whole, I guess, the umbrella of friends, but having those like you said, those strong boundaries and seeing people just as brothers and sisters, I think it's a good way to to negate that from even happening. Right, right. And I, I appreciate you talking about even like uh, looking at other women and the way that is, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those areas in, in my journey of, of awareness is not only, and, and I, 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 I never want to say I'm perfect at, at, all, at really anything, but what I, what I want to be mature in is the respect I have uh, for women and the way I look at them. And mm-hmm. even, especially in different roles I've had along the way, um, at least for the last, you know, since, what is that, 20, since I was 28, so at least the last seven years, in some way, shape, or form, I've been in some form of leadership position. And even that much more so with, with people are watching me and they're watching my eyes and they're watching, my, you know, what I'm looking at. I want people to be mindful of, hey, like when it could be something so simple, like, you know, a coworker is taking off her sweater. Okay. She's taking off her sweater. I just don't want to be, yeah. I don't want to be looking in that direction. Right. Taking off her sweater. Why even bother? Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so the, the, the way I, I, I strive to see it, and I feel like this is, this is, this is helped uh, tremendously. The, the visual is, is, um, is my wife is the only, you know, glass of water. She's right. the only glass of water I'm sipping on. Now, if I'm taking visual sips from all these other women, then I'm getting part of that satisfied elsewhere. But if I'm, if I'm somewhat starving myself from all other women, except for my wife, I'm faithful to her and no other, visually, verbally, emotionally, physically, then I notice... I'm drawn that much more so because of the faithfulness we're committed to with one another, which was she fulfills those visual desires, those, you know, verbal desires, the physical right. desires. And I think that, so that helps me to really think about her as she's the only, um, she's the Thank only you. glass of water. I'm the only yeah. glass of water. We're the only glasses of waters that we're sipping on. Um, and, uh, and it, it makes it, it makes it all the more meaningful that we have that pure focus on one another. Like you said, when you anchor your spouse above all others, you preserve faithfulness in your marriage. Exactly right. Wow, exactly that's, right. That's, that's so profound. Um, I guess let's go talk about basically how do you deal with issues that come up? Because I know we talk about celebrating and praising your spouse. How do you deal with things that are issues? Because the tendency is to rant with your family members to talk, talk bad about your spouse. How, how, how do you... Uh, make sure you because i know in the absence the tendency is that oh so-and-so is always doing this and this and this and i, I guess how do you do the opposite how do you fight the how, how do you do the opposite what, what, what sort of techniques that you use to and that just what i guess what you use but also with techniques that are effective because i know that in what kit coming had said he said something about change the way you view your spouse and the spouse you you change mm-hmm. if you if you looked only for your evidence that you have the best spouse and i think about you know, when you go to a restaurant and you focus on all the crappy parts about it, like the waitress is this, the sounds, this, the floor is falling apart. And you start, you start basically 
tallying it up, calculating your head, all the stuff that's wrong about the place, and you're not even enjoying yourself. But if you focus on the stuff that does good, the, the, the food is good, at least, you know, you start focusing on this little stuff that it adds up all the good stuff, it makes a better experience. So what are your thoughts on that? I know that's a lot. Sure, right, right, right. Uh, no, uh, the, the concept is deep and meaningful. W- one, it's, it, it's, it's sort of pressing a reset, reset on cultural norms. And when I say that, I mean, um, our world more than ever, it, the cultural norm is criticism. Like mm-hmm. it's normal to criticize, right? Yes. We, we yeah. go to Amazon, you know, we buy a product and we'll give it one through five stars. And even sometimes when we give it five stars, we still offer some criticism in the, in the review, right? Um, well, um, when we, when, when, when maybe we watch a movie, you know, I watched um, Terminator Dark, Dark Fate. I think I, I watched it yesterday. <laughs> no good. That's not a good show. I was disappointed, man. And what's, what's funny was I, again, my, my limited pure mind, I liked it until <laughs> I went to go read the critics who had bad things to say about it. So the pure mind was fine. I didn't have anything to compare it to. And then they were like, oh, well, why did they have to go back to, you know, a, a, another hero to protect? Why couldn't they use a new storyline? Like, don't protect. And how does the robot turn old? Oh, my God. Never mind. I digress. <laughs> I digress. Come on, Carl. Come on, Carl. Okay, anyways, if you see the movie, go check it out. Anyways. Right. Um, but anyway, um, if our world, if criticism is normal, what I would challenge our listeners to think about is, is criticism best? And if it's not best, why bring it into my marriage? Mm. So as opposed to asking what's wrong with this movie, what's wrong with this song, what's wrong with this show, what's wrong with this book, what's wrong with this person, but what's right with it? What's good about it? What is going well? And in not just saying, oh, well, yeah, she, she goes to work. She's supposed to do that. No, like, I'm grateful mm-hmm. I'm grateful for her doing that. Oh, well, you know, she, uh, he cooked. He's supposed to cook. No, no, be grateful that he cooked. Like, anyway, so I, I just think there's, there's so much for us to praise, thank, admire, adore if we will purposefully look in that direction. Like you said, I think the criticism is, is huge. I, I think people are so quick to criticize but never come up with solutions, you know? And if you have a solution, you know, let's come up with a plan to, to handle this. You know, if you're out dancing and your partner's off beat, help them on, stay on beat. Like, stop criticizing them that they can't dance and help mm-hmm. them out, you know? Help them out, you know? Restore them gently, like help them, t- help them out, you know? Help your, help your significant other, help your spouse out and helping them come up with a solution to fix the problem so they can correct it. I agree mm-hmm. 100% with you, Sam, man. Yes. Um, I think another thing I want to talk about with you on the book, it's a really good book, man. I enjoy reading it. I read it like multiple times, so I make sure I'm prepared to ask you these hard questions. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you, I guess, maintain this mountaintop experience in the marriage? Because then after the honeymoon phase, you go back to reality. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking bad about marriage. What I'm saying is that life happens. You know, you become more and more... Uh, the high wears off, if you will. And you start enjoying, you, you start living your life and you start continuing to get in the routine. And then I guess the, the attitude is we get become complacent and we get comfortable and we start giving our best self. So how do we maintain that mountaintop energy while during the marriage and 
before they then build up to the marriage and like after the marriage? How do we continue to have that mountain high experience, even with the valleys and the highs and lows? Sure. When I think about the mountaintop, as you mentioned, I think about the valley lows as well. So you have what I believe is every marriage will go through mountaintops and valleys. So mountain, you know, the top of the mountain, the bottom of the mountain in the valleys. And, and I, you know, I wrote, I wrote an entire, again, I love how we're talking about these different questions because there's very much an overlap into other parts of the book. And uh, so I, I'll talk here briefly about um, a separate chapter that's connected, but it's, it's, it's understanding that problems in marriage or normal are normal or yeah. in, in, in the, in the, in the word choice of our discussion right now, valleys are normal. And the, and the idea is that if, if I know I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm in valleys or I'm going to go through valleys and I know other people have gone through valleys, then it gives me, um, it gives me a little bit more motivation knowing hey, it's, it's not the end of the world to be in the valley low. Right. Um, but to remember that mountaintop, that mountain high experience of what it looks like when it's good, because mm. that's what for me is going to give me motivation to climb out of that valley, you know, one step at a time. One, what I what I believe it's it's one wholesome decision at a time. Um, so, like, but and, but what I believe is. Virtually every marriage at some point, the people inside of it think, why did I marry this person? Or they think, did I marry the wrong person? Or even they go, they'll think, I absolutely married the wrong person, right? These, these concepts are, um, again, real. But we feel, we feel incredibly bashful about ever saying it out loud. Right. Um, but anyway, so it's, for me, it's, it's knowing that the valleys will come and I'll be in them. Now, I don't know how, you know, I feel like my wife and I were on a certain, uh, moment, positive momentum. I feel like we've been on a, um, been on top of the mountain for a little while, but realizing that's probably not going to be forever. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, but while, over time. Yeah. while we're on here, let's enjoy Absolutely. the, the Absolutely. top of the mountain as much as possible. Let's, Absolutely. let's capture what's what works great when we're on the mountaintop okay well hey we're consistent talking to one another every day we resolve every conflict that we have you know we um we apologize quickly we forgive effortlessly like those That's things good. are part of the part of the mountaintop um and uh it, it just it helps me to remember think mountaintop not valley low in uh in the journey and i think that's that's profound to enjoy that moment i think some of us remember the bad times, but don't forget about the good times. You know, it's like you analogy like this is like you have a kid who you spend the whole weekend with and you spoil them. And the one day that you forgot to do something that took it, you know, the wrong way, they get mad at you. It's like, I've been helping you out this whole weekend. You know, I've been there for you. I bought you all these gifts. And then you forget that one time I made a mistake and you're holding against me. I forgot. You remember all of the best of my day, but never that awesome thing I did before. Like you never, you don't remember the, 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 you only remember the, the bad things, but all, all the good, great things I did, you didn't remember those times. And that's not fair. You know, I think, I think we do that a lot. We forget about the good time, the good moments. And we don't, mm -hmm. and we're, we're so caught up in our, in our emotions and our feelings. Like, wait a second, 
it's not that bad. I mean, it, it, it sucks to, to endure it, but I think about how some of us are holding like these, these hot coals over people's heads. It's like, just, just chill, man. Like this going to be cool, man. Just, I made a mistake, put the gun down, you know, I, I come in peace, you know, I, I'm human. Like I'm, I'm not perfect, man. Like just, just chill. Like I get it. Like, but you forget all the times I came through in the cut in the clutch, you know, I came through this, I brought the groceries, I did this, I know these things, but then you remember that one to hold it over my, it's crazy, bro. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you're, you're capturing something that I, I think is, it's, it's, it's especially important, which is, the notion of planning an argument. I, 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 there's two analogies I want to, I want to share. Um, one is um, planning to rob a bank. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, I want you to just imagine this Ramiro, you come into my house and across my big 10 top table, you know, you, I just have an entire plan to rob the bank. I mean, I have the floor plan. I have the entry point. I have our exit point. I have the little men lined up where everybody's going to be. I have the security guard. You know, I have all of this. And you're going, bro, what are you thinking? <laughs> like, and I'm going, no, I haven't done it yet. I'm just planning it out. But you, you would go, no, the fact that you're this far into the planning tells me you've lost a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to win that fight, win that battle, yeah. <laughs> so wow, you, you went down this wrong path a long time ago. So let's turn back. Um, yeah. But I make that analogy to talk about arguing. Like, and I, I, I again, I'm saying I, this is me 100% where I can totally plan an entire argument. When she says this, I'm saying that. When she complains like about this, I'm yep. bringing up these five good things that I've done. Like a lawyer, like an know? attorney. Yeah. And so I'm just like ready and prepared with, I, I might not have the guns out, Yeah. but I'm ready to pull yeah. this. Hey, say, say something <laughs> wrong. Say something <laughs> wrong. Yeah. And I'm just like, but so the, 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 that's one, one concept that the, um, the robbing the bank. I, I, I think that, that I, I remember, I mean, I'm grateful. I was blessed to date one of God's daughters, but unfortunately it didn't work out and I wish all the best. Um, but one of the things I caught myself doing a lot was that I would have to argue with myself. Like I was arguing with her. Like I would literally plan a scenario. Like you're talking about the bank. I was thinking about a courtroom. So every little thing she was going to say to me, I was ready to like, you know, rebuttal it every time, ready to be ready, ready. And like, I realized how much energy, how much time and how much wasted energy it took away from me and robbed me of my peace. And I think this is so petty, man. Really? Really? <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is ridiculous. I'm, I mean, who am I kidding, man? This is just silliness. I, I'm just, need to, you know, mature up, man up and, and let it, this, this uh, silliness go. And then even then, even with some pe people, of my family members, like we, we have different issues on religion and politics and I'm over open-minded, you know, some things I agree. So I'm very, I was, and sometimes I don't agree. I'm very purple in some areas. But anyways, but every time we're like, okay, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to write, oh yeah, what was this point? But like, just, just chill, man. Like it's even that serious, but I, it, it kind of shows you your heart of the matter and, and think about, okay, yes. dude, it's not even that serious, man. Really? That's so yes. petty, man. Let it go, man. And the, the, the second visual I want to share on the, on this topic is, this one did not make the book. So this one came to me after the book's done. So if there's ever a second edition, I'm going to try to make a mental note to put this one in the second edition. Volume two. Right, that's what, uh, volume two. Um, it, it's the, the, the concept of the racetrack. And it's back to this arguing. Um, because every single argument I've ever been in, there is an initiator, a follower, 
and then you begin to take on one or both of those roles over and over again. So, I, so the way I see it is one person's getting on the racetracks, going in this argument cycle, and this person has a choice to either get it, get on the racetracks and go around and around and around the argument circle, the the racetracks, get it nowhere. <laughs> Rat race. Very, very much like on the hamster yeah. wheel, right? Yeah, They're going much, yeah. nowhere. Not getting and not even getting exercise like the hamster does. Yeah. But just wasting resources, wasting gas, wasting tires, and going it, around and around. Or one person could say, look, um, I love you. I care about you. Um, I would love for us to have, you know, a mature discussion, even yeah. a, even an intellectual debate I'm open to. Um, but that defuses the bomb, yeah. But arguing is where I would say is out of line. So I won't be getting on that racetrack with you. Yeah. Um, but whenever you're ready to have a calm, respectful, right. um, humble conversation with one another, I am here for you. And I think to, to me, that will help protect that mountain high because it's one thing for one person to be going you know, down this mountain back down to the valley. Mm -hmm. it's nothing for both to be going and it speeds up everything. But I, 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 what I've just seen is um, in order for an argument to take place, both people actually have to choose. One, right. one is the initiator, one is the follower. And sometimes both as mutual initiators, mutual followers, yeah. they're round and round and round, as opposed to if, if, if only one person was, was on the racetrack, we don't call that an argument. We call that a monologue. <laughs> or we call that a criticism yeah but we don't oh. call that an argument it, it takes two people yeah. involved for it to literally be defined as an argument so anyway i say all that because banter yeah i, I don't believe in arguing right like no, it, sure mature conversation absolutely right. argument never and and i think if you have two mature adults and being gracious and being forgiving if someone does lashes out and they see themselves, pardon me, can I get a redo? Can, can we have a time out real quick? And maybe like 15, 20 minutes to an hour, can we come back to this argument and deal with this? Because I was totally in the wrong. Can you, can, you, can you give me that? Can you give me that grace? And you see how that really sets the tone of the relationship because people want to fight and argue things, but really it doesn't go, like you said, you go in circles, you're not going nowhere. And when you constantly want to defend your honor or defend your, stand your point, and I think some people, just want to argue for the just for the sake of arguing, just to prove their point. But then some people don't want to argue; they want to share their feelings. But sometimes they get deflated because they're so belligerent with their arguments. Like I'm not, I don't feel like I'm being empowered here, and I'm just saying this is how I feel. But some people are mistaken like you're trying to argue with me. Like I, I'm just letting you know how I feel, man. Just just chill. Like let me work it and talk it out. But like like I said, I heard this before. A good, a really a really good tactic was like if you see a moment of like, uh, you know, when things get out of hand or things about to blow up and it can explode or things, you know what, let's just time out. Let's just make a timeout. Let's just, 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 just chill out, take a break and then come back to it and talk about it. like when we're more level headed and cooled off. Cause that, that, that is the recipe for disaster if you don't handle it immediately. And if you can practice that early on, that's going to help you later on down the road for sure. Mm -hmm. I like what you said about the redo as well, because sometimes the first way we say it doesn't come off right. Yeah. And then we're not thinking oh. straight. Oh, let, let me let me have another shot at saying that the right way. Yeah, I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon me. Yeah. And 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 the grace uh, of that. So I, I I think 
I think that's that redo. It's such a powerful thing, and it, it recognizes our imperfections as people, um, but it also gives us an opportunity to rectify how we express something, how we did something, in a way that can be end up being uh, productive. Absolutely, I think that's that's key, man. And overall, I think just being able to see the bigger picture sometimes we're so caught up in our little argument our little issue we're like dude it's not even worth fighting for over it is that still it's like we turn these or they say these mount um and hills into mountaintops and it's, it's not even that serious it's just right. let it go man let it go just compromise man just let it go and then being a better adult being being the better person you know what they were fighting for you know what I'm saying? this is so dumb this is so childish and <laughs> and, I, and i like how you said that too because sometimes we get caught up in winning yeah yeah which again that's that's my nature that that's the way um i i i i was raised um or as i was the way i grew up thinking like oh win 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 prove that i'm right prove that they're wrong and and it it hit me later on in life when it when i realized i can focus on winning but the relationship will lose Mm. so if i have to be right if that's my priority I have the free will to choose to have to be right. But as long as I'm focused on winning, my relationship will lose every single time. Wow. So get rid of, get rid of that winning mentality and go, no, I'd rather my relationship win right. than win as an individual. And if, mm. that, if that's the case, I don't have to uh, prove my point right. um, on r- really any particular case. But again, I'm open to mature discussion, intellectual debate. Yet, getting into the the, the the disrespect that's a component of arguing, I'm okay never doing that. Man, it takes a lot of uh, maturity to see that way. That the being competitive can hurt you in the end, and I think being competitive to a degree to motivate and to help empower the people for greatness and be a team is key. Teamwork makes the dream work, and there's no I in team, only in time. And I think when you constantly focus on trying to one up you or try, and I think also keeping track or keeping points, score, uh, keeping points also is not good either. Like keeping track of, oh, I, I did do this and then you did this for me, and then that, that doesn't go anywhere. That that's makes things worse. Keeping track, and even if the okay, you do the right things, but what about the bad things? They keep track of all the bad things they do. That's not good either. Mm, that's right. But, um, 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 I guess I have one more question for you. I just want to ask you. Um, the, the name of the chapter is called uh, Anchor Above All, El- of all. Anchor Above All Others. Excuse me. Um, one of the things I want to talk about how is, I guess, the temptation or the pitfall of idolizing your spouse and worshiping your spouse in the context of church over God. And I know some people like get caught up and get swept up and obsessed of making their spouse happy all the time, or they put them the center of the world and nothing else matters. And I feel like putting your spouse to that extreme first can really hurt you in the end and hurt your relationship with God and also hurt, uh, also hurt and get in the way of your purpose too in life as well. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, absolutely. I mean, 100%, I, I think the, the chapter is named above all in, in my brain it's thinking it's it's absolutely clear that does not include God, but my analogy I'm using the, the visual I'm using for the entire chapter 
is back from God's word when he's talking about the lily among the thorns, like everybody else is a thorn and there's a lily. The, the other visual is um, the apple tree among the regular trees. There's this beautiful tree and then there's everybody mm, else. Okay, there we go. And, um, but, but to that point, both of those visuals come from putting God's way first. So God's way first teaches me that visual. And even God's way first teaches me to be a serving husband, to be a respectful husband, to be a considerate husband, to be a loving husband. You know, so um, doing it God's way only helps me take care of my marriage in a mature way. Now, um, putting her first and, and if her way is ever counter and what God wants, that's the only time where it really divulges. But most people, and I, I haven't met, um, oh, I maybe met one, I actually I can't remember, even think of one person I've met who doesn't want to be treated as God calls us to treat each other with the humility, with the acceptance, with the love, with the respect. All of those things are what God has given us. So the moment I make, my treatment of you based on anything other than what God has given. Um, that's when I could get into a little bit of the um, idolatry or, or, you know, overemphasizing um, the place of, of, of my spouse. I, I think that's like the biggest thing about being a human being. Like we know that God exists, but is he real in a sense? Can we taste, smell, touch? And for some of us, we were able to have that experience with God. So for some of us were skeptical, you know, I feel like, like the Israelites, they wanted the king so bad. It was like, God, I am your king. And they wanted a human king. I feel like go back to a relationship with your spouse. It's easier to love and see your wife or your husband, but it's harder to see God in that context of being human because our limitation, our physical form. And then I guess you get closer, put God first over everything else. Everything falls into place. When you put God and your purpose first, everything else falls into place. Right. He quits right. first and he quits your thirst. It's my pursuit of obeying what God has said in my relationships to include my spouse will give her the best spouse she can possibly have. The moment I get away from living as God calls me to live, then, um, then I begin to deteriorate her experience of, a, of an amazing husband. And I think you, if, what I mean, you, I mean, everyone, like people that who put their spouse first all the time, it puts a lot of pressure on their spouse too. You put them on a pedestal, they try to live up to the expectation they can't meet and it becomes a lot harder for them to, and then when they let you down, the disappointment is greater. And I, I don't think it's healthy. That's not healthy, but I under, totally understand what you mean by the context of anchor above all. I think that's, that's key, the lily the treat apple tree that's that's profound man i think that's so visually way for us to really have a better understanding of what and personificating that dynamic between relationships yes sir well derek thank you for joining the podcast and sharing deeper insight to all of our podcast listeners thank you for tuning to this episode be sure to describe to the podcast share the pocket with a friend and of course go buy derek's new book ABCs of Thriving in Marriage, available now on Amazon, www.abc.com.
A-B-C-S-O-F-T-H-R-I-V-I-N-G.com. www.abcsarething.com. Thank you, and we'll connect with you on the next episode. Thank you very much. You Thank all you have so. a great one. You too. And always be strong. <laughs>